Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here this morning uh, to, uh, I would call, a spiritual home. One of my spiritual homes. Our, our true spiritual home is where God is. Amen? And who's on their way there? Come on, we're going to be lively. It was a Pentecostal service this morning, wasn't it? It was good. As I was driving up from Karim Downs um, all the way here, this scripture came up in my mind. Psalm 122, who knows what it says? I was glad when they said unto me, yes, what? Let us go to shopping, Woolworths, Coles. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Are you glad this morning? Not sad, glad. Praise the Lord. There's a difference between happiness and glad. Who's happy this morning? Yes, I pray that your happiness changes into joy. Yes. I want to thank Pastor Werner and Pastor Gary and Brother Colm for the opportunity to preach here this morning. And I do want to give you the, uh, the love and the greetings of my, the loveliest lady in the world, my lovely wife, who's keeping the four down in Karim Downs this morning. And Pastor Lionel is preaching the message there. Praise the Lord. So um, I was thinking and praying and, and wondering what word would the Lord want me to bring this morning to, to King's Way up in Wanturna. And there's a few messages that's, that's coming even while I'm standing here. You know, I might still go away from what's on the board there and preach. But then praying with it, you know, we're working through the Bible and Karim Downs verse by verse. And I'm studying through the letter of Peter. Who loves Peter? The rock. Amen. So we, um, we're going through that. And we came to this passage. And I believe the Lord wants me to preach this sermon here this morning. Now, I do preach from a laptop, but praise the Lord, it's good to be back in the old Bible. Amen. So I'm not going to be all on the board there, because I have to look back the whole time. I want you to open up in your Bibles this morning in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Who loves the Word of God? That's the only thing. Amen. The Word of God will carry you through this life, inspired by the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 1, he says, therefore, everybody say therefore. Whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, you need to ask the question, what for? Why is therefore therefore? And it's an application word. So you need to go and read the whole of chapter 1. And you will find a lot of things that Peter was telling to this dispersion, these Christians who were persecuted for who they were, similar to us. There's a lot of things that he say therefore, therefore. So he says, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Say to the person next to you, grow up. Amen. He says, we need to grow. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Let me tell you this morning, God is gracious. We are serving a gracious God. The fact that you are sitting here this morning is because of the marvelous grace of God. What Peter is writing there, he says, if you want to grow as a child of God, you need to lay something off before you can grow. You need to lay something off. What is it? Malice. The word malice there means fighting, disagreement, unforgiveness. All of those things that snare a child of God. 
And then he says another word there. He says, malice and all deceit. I like the King James Version here when he says, guile. Guile means I'm friendly with you just to get something for my own purpose. I'll befriend you to get news that I can gossip. Let's be honest, that's what the word says. And he says other words there, he says hypocrisy. That means to be an actor. Envy. I'm so jealous of you and all evil speaking. Now Peter says, lay those things aside so that you may grow. Let me say to you, brother and sister, you will not grow a little weeny tea bit if you cannot lay those things aside as newborn babes in Christ. That will hamper the growth. So he continues on and he says, as babies, and I love babies, I've got two grandchildren now and they are growing up. It's good to sit down with them. You should see Michael Dean Shipman, my little grandson. He's five months old. Man, he can drink a titty bottle. You give that titty bottle in his mouth and he finishes it off. And it's amazing. He was a skinny little baby when he was born. Skinny. It's amazing after five months, just milk, how big that boy is growing. I reckon he's going to be like his grandfather. I just think so. The, the signs are there. So he continues to say that we need to drink the milk of the word that you may grow. Look at verse 4 now. Let me just see if I uh, can continue on with this. Verse 4, he says in verse 4, Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but be chosen by God and precious. Oh, you know what, brother and sister, it doesn't bother me whether the world reject us, but as long as we are chosen by God. Amen? As long as we are chosen by God, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because he was rejected, but he was chosen by God. How wonderful is the word of God. And then he says, chosen by God and precious. Verse 5, you also as living stones are being built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, application word, therefore now that you know this, it is also contained in the scriptures, behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. He who believes on him will by no means. What does no mean? Come on. It means no. It's just that. Will by no means be put to shame. You say, but preacher, you don't know how my family is putting me to shame. Hang in there. Just believe on him. Because the shame will be turned on them. When they come to you in times of trouble and they know this man, this woman knows the Lord. They know the answer. Praise the Lord. He says, therefore, in verse 7, to you who believe he is precious. Is he precious to you? But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and the stone of a stumbling and a rock of offense. That is what's happening in our world right now. Jesus Christ is a stone of stumbling and he's a rock of offense. And if you carry him in your heart, you have become 
a stumbling block and an offense to this world we are living in. Who knows that the world is falling apart by the speed of light. And there's nothing that's going to hold it together anymore. Sticky tape don't work anymore. No politician, no fancy speaking person. Nobody will keep this together. And let me just say this as well. That nothing will hold a broken life together like Jesus Christ did. He is the answer. And it says here that he's become the stumbling and the rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Hallelujah. You should shout hallelujah by now. Hallelujah, out of darkness into the marvelous light. You say I'm loud? Wait until you get to heaven. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now are obtained mercy. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the public reading of your word this morning. And Father, even if I say nothing now, I get in my car and I go home. I'm so glad that your word has been read this morning. And Father, the promise of the word is that it will not go out and return back void, but it will accomplish every single thing that it's been purposed for. The word says that your word is living, it is powerful, it is sharper than a two-edged sword, it will cut between bone and marrow, spirit and soul, and it is the discerner of the heart. And that's my only prayer this morning as I preach this word, Lord. Cut my heart, Lord. Let it cut my heart, Father, and give me a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path so that I can walk therein. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Who loves God's word? I can read it all day. I just need to read it here for you. You, You're not here to listen to my thoughts about the word. You need to be here this morning to hear God's word. I want to talk to you this morning about living stones living stones when i got this picture there i uh, remembered when i was a young boy we used to live next to the vile river in south africa brother lady will know that river and uh, there was these places where there were these little pebbles and we were looking for the flat pebbles the bigger ones and it was really great as a young boy there and, and my nephews were standing there and we would take them and we would shoot them over the water so that it slides over the water who did that yeah, this reminded me of that. And, uh, and when I read the scripture verse, it reminds me of what he's saying there. I want to read to you and I want to stand this morning on this verse here, verse 4 and 5. He says, coming to him, coming to him. This morning, brother and sister, I don't want you to come and listen to me, listen to anybody else, but I want you to come to Christ. I want you to come to him. He's the only one who can sustain you, who can help you. And coming to him will give you strength, give you power. Coming to him will heal you. Coming to him, he's the one who listens always. But he says it there in verse 4 and 5. He says, coming to him as to a living stone. Praise the Lord. He talks about Jesus Christ there. And he's not dead. He's alive. He's a living stone. This morning, if you go to Jerusalem or you go to Israel and you go and look at the graves there, and yes, they are putting graves in front of the eastern gate there, 
But one day my Lord will come, he will walk through the eastern gate, and everyone in the graves will rise, because he's alive. He's a living stone this morning, and I'm so glad that I know the living stone. He's alive, not only is he a living stone, but he's alive in my heart, Pastor Gary. He lives inside of me, and you know what he does? He takes this old body which is decaying day by day, and he renews it, and he gives it life. You look at me and you say, my dear brother, we know you for a few years, you're looking older. That's right, you're absolutely right, but on the inside, day by day, we are renewed and strengthened by his love. Is that still you? Is it still you? The living stone, the Bible is clear about living stones. If we turn to 2 Samuel chapter 22, uh, we see that Jesus is often called the rock. The rock. Here in Second uh, Samuel chapter 22 verse 1, he says, Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song. And on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul, listen what he says. He says, The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Is he your deliverer this morning? Is he your rock this morning? He says, the God of my strength in whom I will trust. You can trust nobody but him. This is David. He's been delivered from this. My shield and my horn of salvation, my stronghold and my refuge. Verse 32, he says, for who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? Let the whole world know this morning that He is our rock of salvation. Let the whole world know that this God that we serve is a rock. Verse 47, the Lord lives. Hallelujah. This is what David cries out. He says, the Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. Is He your rock this morning? He's a living stone. Peter writes it to these people. They're in trouble. They're running away. They're persecuted. And he says to them, he is a living stone. David called him the rock. Listen to Psalm 62 verse 2. This is so wonderful for me. He writes it down. He says, truly, truly, he says, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Wow. This is a man of God who knows the God he serves. I see a lot of people depleted today in the world. Even in the church, yes. I even see in the church people who are depleted. I ask, where is your joy, brother? Where is your joy, sister? I want to bring them back to the living stone. I want to bring them back to the rock of salvation. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we can only find that joy in Him. So Christ is our rock. He's the living stone. Then He says also, He says also to us as living stones, isn't He? Have you noticed there He says He is the living stone. And then He says you also as living stones. Can all the living stones put up their hands? And those who don't put up your hand, I wonder if you're dead. Amen. 
He says, you also as living stones. But this started with the same man who wrote this down in the letter. Listen to him now. I find him here in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Uh, Jesus comes to his disciples. And there in verse 17, he comes to his disciples in verse 16. He says, Simon Peter, he, he says to him in verse 15, he says, but who do you say I am? Who do you say I am, Peter? He called him Simon. His name was Simon by them. And Simon Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Is the Bible still exciting you? When I read those words, I read a lot of words like living this morning. Yes, we are a dying people who are serving a living God. Hallelujah. That is so wonderful. We are a dying people who are serving a living God. Make sure that you are, you are born twice so that you only die once. He says it right here. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now listen to this now in verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Blessed are you. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And then he says to him, I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock... I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Praise the Lord. May the church stand. The gates of Hades will not prevail against it. He uses words here. He says, you are Peter. He uses the, the Greek word here, Petros. Petros for Peter is a small pebble. Here, Peter writes to him, he says, you also as a living stone. He knows what he's talking about. Because the living stone changed his name he says you are a pebble you're a stone that's the word petros and then where the roman catholic church has it wrong they reckon that they were going to build the church on this little pebble god never builds his church on a pebble forget it no he uses another way he says but on this rock he uses the greek word there petra petros petros small little stone and then he goes Petra is a mountain range. And he says to him, Peter, not on this little, this little stone here, no, no, but on this mountain range, I will build my church. Who's that mountain range? I read about him in, Psalm, in, in Samuel. Who, who is he? It's Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. The reason why the church of God is still strong. I'm not talking about the false apostate church. I'm talking about the true remnant church of God. The reason why it is still strong is because it's not built on a little pebble. But it's built on the mountain range. And the church of God, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you believe that? then you need to hold on to that because the enemy is like a roaring lion coming to try and devour it and take it away from you. How's he going to do it? Busy lives. Busy lifestyles. Facebook. All these things. You say, but I'm not sinning. I'm just keeping myself busy. Yes, he's trying to pull you away from the rock face onto the pebble. Onto the pebble. But that's a different message. I better keep to the word this morning, Pastor Werner. Let's have a look. He says to him, Peter, on this rock, this mountain range, I will build my church. And, and it's so interesting for Peter 
Because stones is at the center of what Peter is saying this morning in our verse, isn't it? He says it to them there, look at it, he says, coming to him to a living stone. As you walk out of this church this morning, I want you to remember the living stone. When you go to your workplace tomorrow, when you go to your family tomorrow, when you go to your difficult situation tomorrow, remember the living stone. But don't stop there. The important part here, he says, but you also... Everybody say you also. What does that mean? It means all of us. He says you also living stones being built together into into this. Now, there's a few things we learn from stones I've realized, I've, I've come to know. A few things. The first thing is stones is stones of memory. Let me just get it up there for you. Amen. Stones of of memory. This is what stones is in the Bible. The Bible talks so clearly about it. In Deuteronomy chapter 27, let me take you there. Deuteronomy chapter 27. A stone is a stone of memory. Look at verse uh, 11. I'm going to read from verse 27. Now Moses, uh, chapter 27 verse 1. Now Moses with the elders of Israel commanded the people saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you today as it shall be on the day when you cross over the Jordan to the land which the Lord your God is giving to you that you shall set up for yourselves large stones and whitewash them with lime. Moses is telling the people to pick up stones in the Old Testament, take them with them, paint them white. Why would he want to do that? You shall write on them all the words of the law when you have crossed over that you may enter the land which the Lord your God giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord of your fathers promised you. Stones in the Bible represent stones of memory. Here they had to write the law on that so that whenever they see the stones, they remembered what? The law. The law of the Lord. Now I know we are not under the law anymore. But God didn't get rid of the law. We've still got it with us. And we still read it. And we still have to obey it. But we obey it through Christ. For in Him there is freedom. Not in the law. In Him there is freedom. The law is a tutor. It points towards Christ. But still here in the Old Testament, we see these stones of memory. They had to put these stones down of memory. And, uh, and it's interesting when you read there. This is just a fascinating thing. I wonder if I've got the scripture up there. Yeah, that's it. The large stones. He says, write on them the lords of the law as you cross over for the law, flowing with milk and honey. But then he says, listen to this now. He says, therefore it shall be when you have crossed over the Jordan on the Mount Ebal, you shall set up these stones which I command you today, and they shall be whitewashed them. And there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God uh, of the stones. You shall not use an iron tool on them. You shall build them with whole stones as the altar of the Lord your God has offering. I wondered. I read that and I said, why, Lord, were they not a... Uh, you know, why were they not allowed to cut these big uh, uh, rocks and stones into nice little square stones and pack it up and build a beautiful altar? It would be nice, wouldn't it? But the Lord said, no, you shall use no tool on that. 
These days, you know, I hear a message out there in the world where they're using tools. They're trying to do God's work where he needs to work himself. Nobody will do God's work. We are his workmanship and he works on us. So it's stones of memory. But the nicest one that I find is in Joshua chapter 4, before the promised land. Let's go there. Joshua chapter 4, verse 4. In chapter 4, if you read from verse 1, it's about memorial stones. And he says, And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourself twelve men from the people of the, every tribe, and command them, saying, To take up for yourself twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet, uh, feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lo uh, lodging place where you lodge tonight. So what is God saying? He says, go in the Jordan, pick up stones, carry them with you. Then Joshua called the twelve men, and he appointed the children of Israel to do that. And he said to them there in verse 5, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God in the midst of the Jordan, pick up these stones according to the number of the tribes and the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when you ask in the time to come, saying, what do these stones mean? And then in verse 7, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When he crossed over the Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for memorial to the children of Israel forever. Stones of memory. You say, where are you going, preacher? Remember what he said to us. He said, we come to the living stone." But we also are living stones built into a priesthood. What is he trying to say? My brother and sister, we also use stones, do we? What happens when somebody passes away? We go to their graveside. And what do we put up there? A tomb. A tomb wood. A tomb plastic. What do we put up there? A tombstone. We also use tombstones as memory, don't we? I've got a few beloveds who passed before me, and, and it is so wonderful to walk up. And what do we see? We walk up there, and we see the tombstone. And what does it bring back to us? You read their name, you read their last name, and you see the dates. 1905. That's very old. Two. 2000. And what comes back into your mind, flooding back? Memories. We also use stones as a memory, just like they used in the Old Testament. But this morning I want to go one step further, because those are dead stones. Those stones can't move. Have you walked up to a tombstone, and you stand there, and the tombstone stand up and go the wrong place, and he walks over 10 meters and plant himself? Have you, has that happened to you? If he does run, there's something wrong. But those are dead stones. They can't move. But brother and sister, here is the good thing. You and I are living stones. Isn't it right? And when people look at you and they look at me, as Peter is saying to these people, we become stones of memory of what our living stone has done for us. We call it preaching the gospel. 
We call it going and standing for God. We call it witnessing. We call it living a life of Christ in this fallen world. But you and I, as living stones, need to carry within us the memory of God. We need to do this. What will people remember you by? What will they? If you're a young man and a young girl, you don't worry about those things. You just live your life. Oh, I want to get married. I want to have a car, a home, lots of money, friends, big job. People come in and say, hey boss, hey boss, status. This is what people live, but as you grow older, you start to reflect upon life. As you start getting grandchildren, you start thinking, what am I leaving for my children? What will they remember me by? Is that my phone? Can you just turn it off, my brother? That tells me I'm finished preaching. I just said it. That says that's two hours now. <laughs> so what are, we, what are we remembered by? What will your children remember you by? What will they? What will your brothers and sisters in the church know you by? I want you to think about this. What will your friends know you by? If they come and they stand at that tombstone and the memories comes back, what have you left behind? I think a lot about it. And I've thought about it this last week. Is it good memories or is it bad? Because we are living stones. You know, I saw a sign once where somebody wrote on the wall, I was here. Who remembers that person and for what do they remember him? You know what I want to be remembered by one day by my family? Is that no matter what, his faith was strong in the rock, Jesus Christ. Oh, I've made mistakes, you've made mistakes, we all make mistakes. I don't want people to remember me by my mistakes, but to remember me by Jesus Christ. Living stones of memory. Will you remember that? Living stones of memory. I hurry to the second one. Also stones in the Old Testament is a sign of sacrifice. Of sacrifice. Think about this now. In Exodus chapter 20 verse 25, uh, God instructs the people. And I want you to learn, hear what he says. Exodus 25 20 verse 25 he says, and if you make me an altar. This is God speaking of stone. An altar of stone. You shall not build on it hewn stone. I've already discussed that. For if you use your tool on it, you have profaned it. Deuteronomy 27, 5. I love the word of God. Let the word speak this morning. Deuteronomy 27, 5. He says, And there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God, and an altar of stone. You shall not use an iron tool on them. You shall build it with your whole stones, the altar of the Lord your God, and offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. You see, it's God's work on us. 
I come from New Zealand and I've got a few Maori bros there. Hey, I love my Maori bros and we are bros. I walk down in a mall in uh, Brisbane. I travel a bit and I walk down in a mall and I could see this big guy coming walking towards me and I knew he was a bro. And as we walked up and I just walked like this and I went, oh, you should have seen his smile, man. He came, oh man, that was so good. We come from the same place. He says, you from New Zealand, eh? I said, yes, I am. I'm a South African born Kiwi, eh? Who's living now in Australia, mate. So, so that's the thing. You see, it's a stone of sacrifice. Um, these these uh, Maori brothers, I saw, it's not that guy, but I saw some of them, we were living up there in, in Albany, and I saw somebody put up a fence, but this was a rock fence, and he got these Maori guys out to build it for him, and they built it out of just rock. They didn't cut the rock. They will just put the rock together, fit them together, rough rock, and I'll tell you what, that is a strong fence, and it's amazing. After a few weeks, I walk past the, the place, and it is square. They haven't cut anything, but it looks as if the whole wall was fitted together. When I prepared for this, I remember that wall. He says, you and I are living stones. And the second thing about these stones in the Old Testament is not only for memory, but it was also for sacrifice. You say, how does it apply to us? Remember, Peter writes to these people and he says to them, we come to the living stone, but you also are stones fitted together. Fitted together. Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 12 verse 1. He says, I beseech you, brothers. What does it mean? It means I urge you. I beg you. Kingsway one Turner. Kingsway Karam Downs. Church of the Cross. CW. I, I talk, and, and brothers and sisters, I urge you this morning, Paul says, to give your bodies as a dead sacrifice. Thank you, brother. You read the word. He says, a living sacrifice. Because Peter writes there, he says, we are living stones. And then he goes on to say, this is your reasonable service, your reasonable gospel that you do. We give our bodies as a living sacrifice. Two things this morning out of Peter's word. Stones of remembrance, stones of sacrifice. What sacrifice are you offering up for the Lord? You say, oh, now you're going to go into the works. You're going to build faith now on works. No, no. After the cross, we have to work. Yes, Pastor Werner, we have to work. We have to preach the gospel. We have to share the love. We have to sacrifice. The definition for love is to benefit others at the expense of self. It's going to cost you something. But these days, I don't see that love in the church anymore. I don't see it in the world. It is lust, L-U-S-T, lust. The definition for lust is to satisfy itself at the expense of others. No sacrifice worked the other way around. And then finally, my brothers and sisters, this morning, before my phone goes off again, stones is also this morning a stone of the image and the likeness of God. The image and the likeness of God. Let me flick through here. Stones of sacrifice and then the stones of the image and the likeness of God. You say, where do I find this? 
Well, I say to you this morning, there's a song that comes up in my heart, in my mind, and I might put it in off key, but you know what? I don't care. To be like Jesus. Who knows that song? Be like Jesus. All I ask is to be like him. So low and Amen. That's what I can do good. Be like him. So Peter writes there, he says, living stone, Jesus Christ, you also are like living stones. And you know what, brother and sister, I say this morning, to be like Jesus. That's all I ask. He's a stone, I'm a stone. He's a living stone, I'm a living stone. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what happens? He is a new creation. All things have passed away. Praise the Lord, you know the scripture. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Listen to this. This is so wonderful. He says, beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, who is the He? The living stone. The living stone. We shall be like Him. Living stones. For we shall see Him as He is, and everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. Three things this morning. Are you that? Are you a living stone this morning? A stone of memory. A stone of sacrifice. A stone in the likeness and in the image of God. But I want to say one more thing this morning about a stone. You remember Nebuchadnezzar, that great king? He had a dream. You remember the dream? There was this mighty statue and you know what? The statue stand and it represented all of the kingdoms that came and gone. And there's a, still a prophetic word into the statues. Different message. But then the Bible says there in Daniel chapter 2, he says, And I saw from the mountain range, high up on the mountains, listen now, a small stone broke loose. Hallelujah. Oh, you know what I love about that? When this world and all the clever people of this world think they've got it, they ain't got nothing. He took a small stone that broke loose from the mountain range and it started rolling down and it hit this mighty statue. Where? At the feet. And then what does the Bible say? The Bible say that that little stone started grinding away. And he started grinding away at the statue. And this big mighty statue came to nothing. Before I go away from this place today, I want you to remember three things. One, you're a stone of memory. You're a stone of sacrifice. You're in the image and the likeness of God. But take this word. Don't become too big in yourself like a statue because it takes a small stone to grind you down. Hence, not in my own words, I've heard these words before and this is what I say. Fall on the rock before the rock falls on you. 
This morning, if you sit here this morning, I want to come to the cross. If you sit here this morning and you say, Preacher, you've preached and you've touched my heart this morning. You know what? Maybe my memories that I'm going to leave is not so good. Maybe if I walk up here and share the memories, I'll be ashamed of what I'm going to say to everybody in this place. Praise the Lord. He's a living stone and you are still a living stone. There's opportunity for you to come to the rock and to fall on him. Cry out for forgiveness. You know what I found in life? What is the easiest things to do is to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Who would have known that that's the best remedy for fights, for discontent? Please forgive me, for I've sinned. This morning is a sacrifice. What are you living your life for? Is it living it for yourself? And if you sit here this morning, you say, preacher, that's me. I feel convicted this morning. I say to you this morning, brother, sister, sir, madam, fall on the cross. Fall on the rock before he falls on you. And this morning, the last one, if you think about the image and the likeness of Christ this morning, and you and people look at you and you don't exemple that out into the world, they look at you and they say, is that a child of God? Really? Is that a, is that a living stone? If you sit here this morning and you say, preacher, that really touched my heart. People around me don't know. You know, I'm one of those secret agents of God. I just go under the covers. I ask you this morning, fall on the rock before he falls on you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is here in this place. I thank you, Lord, that your word is a two-edged sword which cuts between both and marrow. And Father, as the word cuts one way, it cut back into my life as well. So Father, I commit myself this morning to this word. Father, help me to be, to be a memory, Father, for you, that people remember me as a child of God, First and foremost, as one who loved God and one who exemplified God. Secondly, Father, I pray that as the sword cut, let me be a sacrifice for you. And Father, help me to walk into the image and the likeness of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen.